This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, as we conclude our story of the talking cat, Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane are in urgent need of his help. We'll join them in a moment. But right now, here is Dan McCullough. Say, I know a young fellow who never used to like to run errands for his mother. But nowadays, well, he starts out for the grocery store like a streak of lightning. You see, his folks eat lots of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. So mom's most always sending for another package. And that means another bright-colored comic button to add to his collection. Maybe that little squirt Herbie with his red and black striped beanie and his school books under his arm. Maybe smiling Jack, mighty handsome in his natty-looking uniform. Maybe even Superman himself, bright blue jersey and red Superman insignia, flying cape and all. And if it's a duplicate, you know, like a comic button you already have, well, that's even more fun because then it's exciting to swap with your pals and compare notes on how many you've collected. And you really feel like strutting around when you wear those slick-looking buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. So it's a real break that these swell comic buttons are so easy to get. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. But inside every package of Kellogg's Pep, there's your swell prize. Remember, that's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. <laughs> When Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen mysteriously disappeared after revealing that Lois's Siamese cat had spoken to them in a human voice, Clark Kent discovered how the animal had been made to appear to talk. Four wristwatches presented with Kent, Perry White, Lois, and Jimmy as Christmas presents had been ingeniously equipped with tiny radio receivers, which picked up a human voice being broadcast from a transmitter in a funeral service. Kent traced the watches to the jewelry shop of a man named Kreutzer, and by means of his acute hearing, overheard Kreutzer phone a Mr. Ames, telling him of Kent's visit. As we continue now, Ames and his henchman, a perfect-faced man named Turbot, have unlocked the door in a dingy warehouse where Lois and Jimmy are in prison. As the door opens, two reporters spring to their feet. Jim, somebody coming. Oh, maybe it's Mr. Kent or the police. No, it isn't. Stand here by the door, Robert. Well, good morning, Miss Lane. Olsen. Who, who are you? Don't you recognize me? Why, why you're Cedric Ames. Who? That's right, Miss Lane. Quite a long time since we've met, isn't it? Why are you pointing that gun at us? You're the short memory, Miss Lane. You've forgotten that you and Clark Kent and Perry White, yes, and Olsen, too, exposed me and put my newspaper out of business? You deserve to be put out of business. You should have been put behind bars for life. You were publishing a vicious, anti-racial paper that, that preached hate and intolerance. 
trying to do to America what Hitler did to Germany. Yeah, I remember you. I wasn't in on most of the story, but I remember it all now. You should remember what I told each of you in court when I was sent to jail for what you called subversive activities. Is that why you've got the gun? It is indeed, Olsen. Instead of continuing the uh, cat treatment. Cat treatment? So it was you. You tricked us some way. Made us think the cat talked. The cat said all the time it was a trick. But how? Why? You were trying to drive us out of our minds. I, even I would have succeeded if not for Mr. Kent. Now, Miss Lane. Bolton. No. Put that gun down. You'll go to the electric chair. Don't worry about me. Goodbye, Miss Lane. Goodbye, Olsen. No. 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 I'll take that gun, Aim. There. Go, come on. Miss Lane, look. Superman. Oh, thank heaven. I said I'd take that gun, Mr. Rat. Oh, I think I'm going to... Don't say no, Miss Lane. Everything's okay. What are you going to do to me? Put you back in the cell. They should never have let you out of. This time, I hope you'll be locked up for good. Hey, the other guy's getting away. He won't get far, Jim. Inspector Henderson and his men are outside. All right, come along, Ames. The inspector will be glad to see you. No, no. Come along, I said. You all right, Miss Lane? I'm weak in the knees, but all right now. Thanks to you. That goes for me, too. Boy, I thought we were gone. That wasn't as bad as thinking I was losing my mind. I suppose it was Angel who sent me the cat. Yes, of course he did. He had the wristwatches you received for Christmas made with tiny radio receivers in them. What? Radio receivers? That's how it was done, Jim. When Ames' lookout saw you were alone with a cat, he signaled a man in the funeral hearse who broadcast the strange voices you heard. The wristwatches picked up the voices. Sweet. So that's how it was done. Uh-huh. But how did I disappear from the taxi cab that day? Well, you had fallen asleep. You were taken a sedative before you left your apartment, remember? The man in the hearse stopped your taxi driver, and when he turned to look at you, the man knocked him out with a padded blackjack. Oh. When the driver awoke, the man and you were gone. Clark Kent will explain anything else you want to know. Oh, here comes Inspector Henderson. I'll turn you all over again. Turning the now thoroughly cowed Ames over to the police and taking leave of Lois and Jimmy, Superman disappears. The following morning, once more in the guise of Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter, we find him in Lois Lane's office where he and Jimmy Olsen are kidding the girl reporter about the talking cat. Oh, you look a little tired, Lois. How about a cat nap? Stop it, Clark. <laughs> and don't you laugh, Mr. Olsen. You're the last person in the world to laugh at me. What, Jimmy? A person? I thought he was a cat. Oh, I'm sure he's a cat. Meow for the Lady Jane. Okay. Meow. Meow. I suppose you think you're funny. You wouldn't joke about it if you'd gone through what I went through. Oh, yes, a terrible catastrophe, wasn't it? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Clark, if you've got nothing better to do than to pull bad puns and make unfunny jokes, suppose you do it in your own office. Oh, we're just kidding, Miss Lane. Well, not me, you're the kitten. I mean, kitten. Oh, <laughs> you see? How do you like that? Blames us and then pulls a tower gag itself. It wasn't a gag. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. Well, Jim, look. It looks like we're not wanted around here. And what do you say we get out of Tony's tax house? Maybe we can rustle up a couple of friendly mice in Tony's house. Oh, Mr. You know, Claude, you're wasting your time as a reporter. Do you think so? You should be a radio comedian. Oh, other people have told me that. How would you like me to fix it for you? Can you? I know the man who produces the Danny Taper. Oh, really? No, O'Reilly. There. There what? Uh, I suppose that wasn't funny. Funny? Uh, it's a joke, Mr. Kent. A joke, that is. Oh, really? Get out of here, both of you. Uh-oh. That's doing her clothes. Get out, I said. Oh, the phone's ringing. I'm not there. Phone, phone. Oh, Hello? Mr. Kent, please. Just a minute. It's for you, the great Mr. Kent. Meow! Oh, you don't stop that. Yep. Hello? Hello, Kent. Yes. This is Bruce Wayne. Who? Bruce Wayne. Oh, Batman. Oh, oh, yes, yes. How are you? Fine, and you? Fine, thanks. I'm calling for the crime detection officer at police headquarters, Kent. I wonder, could you come down here? What's your thing? Why, what's up? I can't discuss it over the phone. You'd better get down here. I'll be in room 607. I'll be there in ten minutes. And Kent. Yes? Don't bring anyone with you. If this leaks out, you will be ruined. What? Ruined? See, 
Give me ten minutes. Goodbye. Bye. What's the matter, Mr. Kent? Huh? What? Oh, oh, nothing. I, I, I've got to get down to police headquarters. Well, I hope they put you in a cell and throw away the key. Oh, I'll go along with you. No, no, Jim. No, I, I've got to go along. I'll, I'll see you later. You see the look on his face when he hung up? I don't make it a habit to keep my eyes glued on Mr. Kent's face. Oh, but but that look. I've seen it before. I know it. It's trouble. Right you are, Jimmy. That look does mean trouble. But not the kind of trouble you think. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. At police headquarters in room 607 of the Crime Detection Division, Batman in his guise of Bruce Wayne and Superman in his guise of Clark Kent face one another across the desk. Kent is obviously puzzled as Bruce Wayne opens the drawer of the desk and removes three index cards. For a moment, he studies them. Then he looks up. Kent, where were you on the night of Thursday, December 20th? December 20th? Uh-huh. December 20th. Well, frankly, I don't know. All right, let's take another one. The night of January 2nd. That was a Wednesday. January 2nd. Let's see, today's the 28th. That makes it almost four weeks ago. But I can't answer that either, but... Uh, here's one the... more, fairly recent. The night of January the 18th. It was a Friday. Friday the 18th? Mm, about midnight. Well, I was home, I imagine. Unless I'm out on a story, I'm usually home before midnight. But you're not sure about the 18th. Well, I can't be positive. But what's this all about? Well, here it is, Kent. In going through the files of unsolved burglary cases, I came across three that bear a strange resemblance. Oh? Three bank burglaries in outlying districts that never hit the newspapers because they evidently weren't big enough. Uh-huh. The first one, on December 20th, met the burglar at $2,000. The next, on January 2nd, netted 3000 And the last, on January 18th, netted 5000 Pretty small hauls for bank burglaries, aren't they? Yes, they're very small. Particularly since in each case, the vault door was ripped open and with plenty of money lying around. I don't get it. Neither do the police. But that's not all. As I said, the doors of the vaults in all three banks were literally ripped off their hinges. You mean blown off, dynamited? No, I mean ripped. And each of these police reports mentions that whoever did it must have been a superman. Oh, that's fine. Great. During the war, the Nazis appropriated my name, called themselves Superman, and now it's a bank robber. There's one more thing. Yes? The money that was stolen was sent to charity. Say that again. The $2,000 stolen on December 20th was sent to the National Charity Board. The $3,000 stolen on January 2nd was sent to the Metropolis Orphanage. Uh-huh. And the $5,000 stolen on January the 18th was sent to the Interfaith Relief Council. Oh, oh excuse me. Yes, sure. Uh, yes? Oh, yes, Wilson. What? Are you sure? Yes. I see. All right, thanks. Kent, this is getting serious. Well, what's getting serious? Last I night, don't... the Lynn Haven National Bank just outside Metropolis was broken into. So? The false door was ripped off and $10,000 was stolen. A passing motorist saw a man running out of the bank carrying a small satchel. Well? He wore a red cape and a blue costume. For a long moment, Clark Kent fails to get the point. Then suddenly it dawns on him. A red cape and a blue costume. The symbols of Superman. Stunned, he stares at Bruce Wayne in open-mouthed amazement. His Wayne, otherwise known as the Batman, insinuating that he, Superman, has been robbing banks. Or is he suggesting that there may be another Superman? Another individual endowed with superhuman powers? Gang, this is the beginning of one of the most mysteriously exciting adventures in Superman's entire career. So don't miss a single exciting episode. Is there another Superman? Listen tomorrow, same time, same station. Tune in and follow The Adventures of Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow The Adventures of Superman. 
Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, as we begin a brand new adventure for the Man of Steel, a strange situation has taken him to a small village outside of Metropolis. We'll join him there with his friend, the famous Batman, in just a moment. But right now, let's hear from our good friend, Dan McCullough. You know, um, old man's son is responsible for a lot of mighty fine things. Fact is, we just couldn't get along without him. And uh, one of the best things he does for you is to make that wonderful vitamin D that helps build strong bones and sturdy teeth. That's the very same vitamin D you get from each sunny serving of Kellogg's Pep. Actually, your day's need of vitamin D makes Pep extra good for you. Your mom knows that. And this super delicious whole wheat flake cereal is so doggone crisp and golden and fresh that, well, you feel like eating lots of it. What's more, the more Kellogg's Pep your family eats, the more comic buttons you get to add to your collection. Maybe a new comic strip character like Moon Mullins or Lillums or Superman himself. Maybe a duplicate so that you can have even more fun trading with your pals. And do you feel proud when you wear your whole collection pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap for everybody to see how many you have? But remember, there's only one way you can get these swell comic buttons. You can't buy them anywhere, and you don't send in any money, not even a box top. All you do is to look inside every package of Kellogg's Pep for your prize. Better plan to eat lots of P-E-P Pep made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Summoned to police headquarters by Bruce Wayne, otherwise known as Batman, Clark Kent was presented with a puzzling mystery. According to police reports, there had been three recent bank robberies in the outskirts of Metropolis, all of them apparently committed by the same person, a man seemingly possessed of superhuman strength. And in each case, the stolen money had been delivered to a different charitable organization. As Kent and Bruce Wayne were talking, a call came in that another bank had been burglarized the night before and that a passing motorist had seen the thief and reported he had been dressed in a blue costume and red cape similar to Superman's. 
As we continue now, Kent and Batman and his guide of Bruce Wayne have arrived at the village of Lynnhaven, 43 miles from Metropolis, where the latest burglary was committed. Sheriff Dawson is leading them to the rear of the one-story brick bank building. Listen. I'll show you how the feller got into the bank, but I'm telling you, you won't believe it. Well, here we are. You see that window? Look at that, Kent. The steel bars were wrenched out of their frame. Yes. Well, they probably hooked a steel cable to their car and pulled them out. No, sir. Well, how did they do it then, Sheriff? There was only one feller. The one Doc Trumbull seen running out of here with the satchel dressed up in the masquerade costume. I figured he ripped them bars out with just his hands. Nonsense. They're solid steel bars and they were anchored in concrete. Why, it would take Superman here. I uh, I mean it would take a man of superhuman strength to do that. Well, this here fellow's got a heap of strength, Mr. Wayne. I figure he's the same one who broke into the banks in Glen Forest, Hightown, and Thomasfield. He yanked the bars off a window in Glen Forest, just like he done here, and he pulled two steel doors clean off of their hinges in Hightown and Thomasville. Now, I can't believe it. Well, why do you say he did it with just his hands, Sheriff? On account of there wasn't no marks on them windows or doors. None of the bars were sawed and none of the doors were jimmied. And no explosive was used either. Why, you could see somebody just laid two and ripped them off. Well, he could have used a cable. I tell you, he didn't. On account of he couldn't have used no cable on the wall door. What do you mean? Well, come on into the bank. All right. I'll show you. I never in all my born days did I ever see anything like that. Now, here's the vault room. Ain't no windows down here and only the one set of steps to get down and up from the main floor. So how could the feller hook up any steel cables and run them outside to a car? It ain't possible. Hmm. Well, uh, where's the vault you say he opened? It's right around this turn, Bruce. That's right. Well, how'd you know, Mr. Kent? How? Oh, I, uh, I... Great Jupiter. Look, Kent. This big steel vault door was wrenched open. Door hasn't been cut and it hasn't been drilled. That means no explosive was used. Of course there wasn't. I tell you, this uh, this uh, this Superman fella done it with just his own strength. It makes me shiver just to think of a crook that strong running around loose. Well, there's only one man strong enough to rip this vault door open, and he's no crook. Oh, thanks, Bruce. Hey, wait a minute. Don't better not touch the door yet. There may be fingers fingerprints on it. I imagine it's already been dusted for fingerprints, right, Sheriff? That's right, young fella. The only prints on it was the cashiers, the president of the bank, Mr. Hoffman, and Joe the porter. Joe's a wingy little fellow, and apart from Mr. Hoffman and the cashier not being big, strong fellows either... They know the combination of the vault. That's right. Say, you two think mighty quick. Look, Sheriff, your report said a Dr. Trumbull, I believe, saw somebody leaving the bank last night. That's right. Doc seen the fellow run out with a satchel, which must have had the money in it. Why didn't he chase him? Oh, he couldn't. Doc had Mrs. Sawyer in the car. You see, she had appendicitis, and he was taking her to the hospital. Oh, I see. Also, he says this fellow got away awful fast. Just like he was there one minute and gone up and smoked the next. What? You mean he just vanished into thin air? Yep, that's just about the size of it. Where can we see Dr. Trumbull, Sheriff? Oh, no, let's see. It's, uh, it's 11.30. Uh, Doc ought to be getting home for lunch about this time. Yeah, I'll take you over there. Well, nice of you to go to all this trouble, Sheriff. Yes, it certainly is. Oh, it ain't no trouble at all. <laughs> Maybe you'll give me a big write-up in your newspaper, Mr. Kent. If you do, it might help me some come to Lexington next June. It won't mind too much if you want to take some pictures of me either. This man you saw leaving the bank last night, Dr. Trumbull, can you describe him to us? Why, yes, Mr. Kent. I got a pretty good look at him. He came around from the rear of the bank just as I turned out of Elm into Main Street. My headlights were right on him. What did he look like? He was a pretty big fellow, well built. How big? Why, uh, I'd say he was just about your height, Mr. Kent. Come to think of it, he was just about your build, too. Uh, what time was this, Doctor? Early this morning, about a quarter after one. Did you get a look at the man's face? No, he was wearing a mask. Huh? But he had this strange costume on. What was it like? I told you, Mr. Kent. I'd you... rather Dr. Trumbull told me, if you don't mind, Sheriff. 
Well, it was a blue skin-tight costume with a flowing red cape. Just like... Yes? Well, like the costume Superman wears. But I can't make myself believe it was Superman. He's always been on the side of law and order. He's one of the finest and greatest men we have. It couldn't have been Superman. Of course not. Uh, What makes you so sure, Mr. Kent? How do you know? Well, I know. At least I think I do. You think? Now, look, why you... I never did believe all the talking stuff in the papers about this Superman fella. Never believed there was a Superman. But, well, now I, I ain't so sure. There's a Superman, all right. But he didn't have anything to do with the bank robbery well, last night. I don't know. Nobody but a feller like they say Superman is could have ripped them bars off the window and pulled the vault door off and done the same things at the banks in Grand Forest and Hightown and Thomasville. Uh, excuse me. Dr. Trumbull speaking. Who? Yes, he's here. Uh, just a moment, please. For you, Shutter. For me? How much price, Doc? Yeah? Uh, who wants me? Oh, hello, Sid. No, I didn't catch a fella yet. It's actually... What? What, Sid? Give me that again. He uh, don't mean it. All of it? Well, I'll be... Uh, sure, sure, I'll be right over. Wait for me, Sid. Oh, the ball are crazy. No, 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 I can't believe it. Well, what's wrong, sir? Oh, well, you hear this, Mr. Wayne. You too, Mr. Kent. And, Doc, uh, you know the $10,000 that was stolen out of the bank last night? Of course. What about it? Well, that was Sid Hoffman, president of the bank. Yes? He just got a call from one of them big charities in Metropolis, the European War Orphans Relief. Wait a minute. Uh, you don't yes, mean that... Yes, yes, just like it happened after them other three robberies in Glen Forest, Hightown, and Thomasville. This charity gets a package by a special messenger an hour ago. And dang if it ain't the $10,000. Well, of all, how can they be sure it's the money from this bank, Sheriff? Well, the card come with it, Sid Hoffman said. Had the name of the bank written right on it. Just like the others, Kent. What do you make of it? Ah, nothing. Unless... Unless what? I'll tell you later. I want to get to the office of that war relief charity as soon as possible. That's a good idea. Uh, let's go. What time is it? Well, there's your answer. Noon whistles at the aircraft factory. But I got to be getting over to the bank. We'll give you a lift in our car, and then go on to Metropolis. Come on, Bat. Uh, Bruce. Uh, goodbye, Doctor, and thanks. Not at all. Yes, thanks, Doctor. So long. Hurrying from the doctor's house, Kent and Batman drive back to Metropolis. At the executive offices of the European War Orphans Relief Society, Mr. Keeler, secretary of the society, permits them to examine the brown paper parcel in which the strange gift of $10,000 had arrived a few hours before. Uh, nothing on this paper wrapper, Kent. Either inside or out. Oh. May we see the card that came with the money, Mr. Keeler? Well, I don't know, Mr. Kent. Inspector Henderson left word that nothing was to be disturbed until he got here. He's been delayed on another matter. Well, I showed you my special police pass signed by the inspector himself. I'm sure he wouldn't object to your letting us see the card. Well, I don't suppose there's any harm in showing it to you. The inspector's men have already examined it for fingerprints. I have it right here. Here you are, Mr. Wayne. Uh, thank you. Hmm. A gift from the Lynn Haven National Bank with the compliments of a friend. Let me see it, Bruce. That's your thing. Thanks. What? Great Scott. What's the matter, Kent? You're pale as a ghost. Kent, what's the matter? Pale and trembling, Clark Kent stares at the card in his hand. Why has it shocked him so? What has happened? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. <laughs> At the executive offices of the European War Orphans Relief Society, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, who was really the famous Batman, were shown the card enclosed with the stolen bank money. Suddenly paling, Kent led Wayne a few feet away out of earshot of the society secretary. Wayne is demanding... What's come over you, Kent? You're pale as a ghost and you're trembling. This card. 
The inscription on it. What about it? It's... It's in my handwriting. His eyes literally popping from his head. Batman stares at Clark Kent in open-mouthed amazement. What does this mean? How could Kent have possibly written the card enclosed with the money stolen from the Linhaven Bank? Fellows and girls, there's thrilling mystery and excitement in our new story, different from anything you've heard before. So don't miss a single episode of it. Tune in tomorrow and every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, and listen to The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, who is today startled over a strange discovery he has just made. We'll learn more about it in a moment as we join him with his friend Batman. But right now, here's a word from your announcer, Dan McCullough. You know, I saw a bunch of fellows and girls starting off to the movies the other day, and I noticed that the whole gang had to wait while one of the fellows went back to the house for his cap that he'd forgotten. Yes, sir. He felt kind of out of things without his collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep. He wanted to wear that cap with the comic buttons pinned on it so everybody could see how many he'd collected. And he has a right to be proud of them. There's a doggone slick-looking, and the colors stand out so bright and sharp that, well, those pictures of your favorite comic strip characters are something to show off. Take Kale, for instance, with his black derby tilted over one eye and his bright red sweater. Why, he'll hand you laugh anytime. Or Winnie Winkle with her smooth, long bob. Or Superman himself. Boy, he's mighty handsome in his bright red and blue outfit and red Superman insignia. So better get busy, gang. Collect all 18 of these swell comic buttons. Ask Mom today to get you plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. That's the only way you can get these exclusive prizes. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. You get these comic buttons only from P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. A strange and mysterious threat has suddenly loomed up to menace Superman. Four banks located in small towns near Metropolis have been broken into by a man of seemingly superhuman strength who ripped open heavily barred windows and steel vault doors as though they were made of cardboard. Following the fourth burglary, a figure in a blue costume and red cape curiously similar to Superman's was seen leaving the bank carrying a satchel. And amazingly enough, the following morning, the money stolen from the bank was delivered to the European War Orphans Relief Society in Metropolis. In their guises of Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, Superman and his famous friend Batman hurried to the offices of the Relief Society, where Mr. Keeler, the manager, showed them the card that had accompanied the money. As he read the card, Kent turned pale. Drawing Bruce Wayne to one side, he whispered, This card, the inscription on it. What about it? It, It's in my handwriting. What? Yes, it's in my handwriting. Now, alone in a small vacant office adjoining Mr. Keeler's, 
Bruce Wayne demands an explanation. What are you talking about, Kent? What do you mean it's your handwriting? Just what I said. Look, I'll show you. You got a fountain pen? Oh, sure. Here. Here. Sit down at but, the desk. But... Now, wait. I've got my notebook. Now, watch. See, now the card says... A gift from the Lindhaven National Bank. Say, wait a minute. Huh? Since when are you left-handed? Superman is. But you're Superman, remember? I'm also Clark Kent. As Superman, I write with my left hand. As Kent, with my right. Each hand writes differently. Oh, I get it. An extra protection for your double identity. Well, I'll have to learn that trick myself. Let's see, what was the rest of that inscription? Oh, yes, here we are. With the compliments of a friend. There. Now, compare my handwriting with that on the card. Mm, let's see. Say, they do look alike. Look alike. They're identical. Look. Look at the capital letters. And the way the G is formed in gift. Uh-huh. And look here. Look, look, look at the D in friend. Boy, this is amazing, Ken. It certainly is. Oh, the whole setup's amazing. Witnesses say the bank robber's about your size and build. He apparently possesses superhuman strength. Wears a blue costume and a red cape. And now we discover that his handwriting is identical to yours. Oh, I can't figure it out. Neither can I. Unless. Unless what? Oh, no, no, it's too fantastic. You're probably thinking the same thing I am. What's that? The possibility that there may be another Superman. Oh, no, there couldn't be. Why not? Because there couldn't. You came from another planet, didn't you? Yes, from Krypton, but I was the only survivor when the planet blew up. You sure about that? Yes, of course I'm sure. Or at least... At least what? At least I'm reasonably sure. Now, we're getting somewhere. Isn't it within the realm of possibility that there might have been another survivor? Another potential Superman who came to Earth when the planet blew up? Well, yes, I suppose it's possible, but... But uh, you don't want to believe it. Oh. Well, frankly, I don't blame you. Particularly since this hobby seems to be breaking into banks. Oh, no, no, I can't believe it. I can't believe there's another Superman. It it just doesn't seem possible. Well, that's what they said about the steamboat, electricity, and the telephone. But I know I was Krypton's only survivor. You know, but you're not sure. Well, listen, I came to Earth in the model of a spaceship my father had built. There was only one model. How could anyone else have gotten to Earth? Krypton was a big place, wasn't it? Well, yes, I suppose so. At the time, I was too young to know. Maybe someone else had a spaceship. And came to Earth, Ed? Uh-huh. Well, then, where has he been all these years? Why is he suddenly showing up? Uh, that's a tough question. Well, we're certainly not going to get the answer here. I've got to think this thing out carefully, if I can think at all. What do you mean? Oh, right now, I've got a terrific headache. Superman with a headache? Gosh, that's funny. I wish I thought so. Oh, I don't mean the headache's funny. I mean, the idea of your getting them seems a little peculiar. Well, lately, I've had them quite often. I think I'll go back to my apartment. That's a good idea. And I'll drop down to headquarters and see if anything else has come in on that last bank job. All right. Say, um, maybe it's your eyes, Kent. Using them a lot lately? No, no more than usual. Haven't seen the doctor, have you? No. Well, it might be a good idea if you did. Chances are it's just some little thing. It could be. Well, let's go. Oh, wait a minute. This card. Better return it to Mr. Keeler. Uh, here's the card, Mr. Keeler, and thanks very much for your courtesy. You're quite welcome, Mr. Kent. Uh, my thanks, too, Mr. Keeler. Don't mention it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elevators to the left. Okay. Mm, that headache's bothering you, isn't it? Uh-huh. Getting worse. Uh, I think a lot of it's due to this mess. Worrying about who's responsible. Uh, I don't think so. I started having these headaches before this broke. Now, uh, here's the elevator. After you. Thanks. You go on home, Kent, and I'll call you from headquarters if I learn anything. Fine. 
Leaving the building at which the War Orphans Relief Society is located, Batman takes a taxi to police headquarters while Kent returns to his apartment. There, his headache easing up somewhat, he picks up a newspaper and reads the report of the latest exploit of the Superman bank robber while waiting for Batman's call. But suddenly, unaccountably, the paper slips from his fingers and his head falls forward on his chest. He breathes regularly, deeply, fast asleep in his chair. An hour goes by, another hour, and the sun dips a red ball of fire below the cold skyscrapers of the great city. At seven o'clock, the telephone rings in Kent's apartment. It rings again and again, then for a time stops. At 7.30, it rings once more, but remains unanswered. Throughout the evening, it rings at intervals. And finally, when the hands of the mantel clock in the dark room point to five minutes before midnight, the shrilling clamor of the phone is stilled as a hand reaches out and picks up the instrument. Hello? Kent? Yes? Yeah, this is Bruce Wayne. Oh, hello, Bruce. Where the dickens have you been? I've been ringing you steadily for the past half hour. Oh, I've been right here, Bruce. It's dark. What time is it? Almost midnight. Listen, Kent. What? You mean I've been asleep in my chair for six hours? How do I know where you've been? Now listen to me. But it's impossible. I just never dozed off like this before. Will you stop interrupting and listen? Our friend did it again. What? You mean... Yes, he broke into the bank at Groton an hour ago. Tore a steel bar door off its hinges, ripped the vault open, and got away with $20,000. Great Scott, an hour ago in Groton? Yes. That's about 50 miles out. Near Lynn Haven. I was thinking if we got there fast... We'll get out there plenty fast. Uh, where are you? At police headquarters. Well, rush down to the parking lot in back of it. I'll pick you up in less than a minute. Step on it now. I'll be waiting for you. Oh, if I do anything like that, out of these clothes. <clears throat> what made me fall asleep like that? Only I'd been awake when Batman called before. <clears throat> Just don't understand it. Here we are. All set. Now, up for this window. Out! And away! Leaping from his apartment window, Superman streaks through the night sky to the parking lot behind police headquarters where Batman awaits him. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Carrying Batman, Superman rocketed from Metropolis to the village of Groveton, 50 miles away, where the latest amazing bank robbery had taken place little more than an hour before. As we join them now, once more in their guises of Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, they are examining the heavy steel bolted door which had been torn from its hinges at the entrance to the bank. A deputy police officer stands guard within the now brightly illuminated bank building, while nearby a group of excited villagers are gathered about a shrill-voiced man and woman. Sure, Sammy, it was right here. We were coming home from the corner with our sister, Sam, I said. I swear to heaven, I see you. You're right, you're right, Sarah. Eh, no doubt of it, Kent. The same man who did the other bank jobs pulled this one. Ah, just look at that steel door. Ever see anything like it? Oh, if only I hadn't fallen asleep. If we'd come here soon after you phoned me the first time. Oh, no use crying over spilt milk. Oh, I suppose not. But I can't understand how I fell asleep. You have seen it with my own eyes. So did Sam. Didn't you, Sam? Did you hear that, Kent? Sure did. That woman saw a man. Yes, come on over there. You know, he was dressed in a blue costume and a red cape. He was flying. That's what he was, like a bird. One minute he was in front of his back. Next minute he was up in the air, what? flying off. That's Kent. what he was doing, flying Great off. Scott! Stunned, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne hear the man and woman describe how the bank robber, wearing a costume and cape similar to Superman's, had leaped high into the air and flown away. What can this mean? Has Superman been wrong all these years in believing that he is the only living creature possessed of superhuman powers? Is there another? 
Fellows and girls, the most baffling and exciting mystery in which the Man of Steel has ever been involved continues tomorrow. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, and listen to The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow The Adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Who is today in the small village of Groveton, the scene of a mysterious bank robbery. We'll join him there as Clark Kent in just a moment. But right now, let's see what Dan McCullough's young pal Dick is muttering to himself about. Two, three, doors, nine. Pee-wee. Hey, Dick, what's up? Huh? Oh, uh, what are all those figures and names you're calling off? Oh, all these. I'm making up today's list. List of what? Comic buttons, of course. The ones we're all collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pep. Yeah, but I don't... You know, Dan, we've got a race on to see who can collect the most, fellows or girls. Oh, sure, I did hear about that. Well, this is today's list. The figures on how many comic buttons each kid has collected so far. Every day we bring the totals up to date. Oh, I see. And who's ahead? Well, I... (laughs) I kind of hate to tell you. <laughs> but I can guess. All right, guess. I bet the girls are ahead. Yeah, they are right now. But you just wait. The fellas are knuckling down. And by this time next week, those figures will be different. <laughs> well, Dick, maybe so. We'll see. But the important thing is how much doggone good fun the whole gang is having these days, collecting those exciting comic buttons. First, there's the thrill of seeing which button you find inside whenever Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pet. And if it's a duplicate, there's even more fun trading with your pals. Then there'll come a day when you can sport all 18 different buttons on your jacket or your dress or cap. So hop to it, gang. Ask Mom to get you some more of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal. Because that's the only way you can get these nifty comic buttons. You don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. But there's an exclusive prize in every package of P-E-P Pep. Made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. A series of amazing bank robberies committed by a mysterious individual who not only seems to possess superhuman strength, but wears the blue costume and red cape of Superman, is puzzling Clark Kent and his friend Bruce Wayne, otherwise known as Batman. The robberies themselves are peculiar because in each instance, the money stolen has been forwarded to a charitable organization with a card that says, Compliments of a Friend. Examining one of the cards, Kent was shocked to discover it was in his handwriting, the handwriting he uses in his role of Superman. As we continue now... Kent and Batman, or Bruce Wayne, are at the scene of the latest bank robbery in the town of Groveton, just outside Metropolis. They are approaching a small group of local people, two of whom, a man and a woman, were eyewitnesses to the robbery. Listen. Oh, 
Excuse me, please. My name is Clark Kent. I'm a reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet. This is my friend Bruce Wayne. How do you do? Hey, here that's ever a reporter. Nice, that's the uh, Named Wilkins. Sam Wilkins. How do you do, Mr. Wilkins? Make sure you get that spelling right. Ain't no C in it. Right. Got a fella in town named Wilkins spelled with a C. I'm Sarah Wilkins. Yeah. You gonna write it up in the paper? Well, I'd like to get your story first. I overheard you say that you'd seen the man who robbed the bank tonight. Eh, yeah, clear as I see you, young fella. We was both right across the street in front of the meat market. No, Sarah, we were just passing the Palace Barber Shop. Sam Wilkins. Yeah. We was in front of the meat market. I remember telling you to stop so I could see what specials was posted on the window for tomorrow. That was before, Sarah. We was coming to the well, Palace Barber Shop. Uh, seems to be next door to the meat market, so it doesn't make much difference. Just tell her what you saw. Well, you'll never believe it, young fella. I wouldn't uh, believe it if Sam and me hadn't seen it with our own eyes. Still got to pinch myself to make sure I didn't dream it. It wasn't uh, no dream, Sam, because I've seen it, too. Uh, what was it? What we seen? Well, sure, but what did you see? I'm telling you. We came out in the square, see, from 3rd Street. Uh, that's 3rd uh, Street over there where the Statue of Lincoln is. We can visit the Fowlers. Their boy just got home from the Pacific. Uh, yes, oh, all, right. all right, all right, all right. You've been visiting the Fowlers, and you came out of 3rd Street to the square on your way home. Now, when you got to the meat market... The barbershop. The meat market? Well, between the barbershop and the meat market, you heard or saw something. Is that right? We sure did. We saw this bank robber. It wasn't like uh, that, Sam. First... We heard the door of the bank fall down on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We heard this big crash. And, and say, did you fellas see that door? Yeah, well, it's we a saw... big, thick door with solid steel bars, and it was set in stone. But this robber fellow ripped it clean off its hinges. Yes, we know. Tell him about the bank vault, well, Sam. How he pulled the steel the, door over. We the know all about that. Yeah. Now, please, Mr. Wilkinson, Mrs. Wilkins, tell us about the man you saw. Yeah, well... Uh, uh, I'll tell him, Sam. After we heard this loud noise... That was the door falling down. We looked across uh, the street, and there was this big man running off the bank. Yeah. He had a satchel in his hand. Had the money from the bank in it. Of course. He was a big man, you think? The biggest man I ever saw. He must have been eight feet tall. Oh, no, he wasn't, Sarah. He was pretty tall and well-built, but, well, I wouldn't say he was any bigger than Mr. Uh, uh, what'd you say your name was again? Kent. Now, yes, take Kent. Lie, Sam. He was lots bigger. A good foot taller, I'd say. I tell you he wasn't. Now, look, Sam, I know what I saw. All right, all right, all right, all right. Never mind. But you asked me how big he was, and I'm telling you... Didn't he... you hear the man say, never mind, Sarah? Never seen such a woman for wagging her tongue. Now, you look uh, at uh, Please, back. please, it doesn't matter, really. We know he was tall and well-built. Now, how was he dressed? Like he was going to a masquerade party. He had on a blue costume and a red cape, and he was wearing a mask. That's right. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, wasn't it a red costume and a blue cape? No, it was a blue costume. Here we go again. And a red cape. I'm not so sure about it. Well, that. I well, am. It really I'm doesn't a... matter. Uh, where did he go when he came out of the bank? Well, you'll never believe what happened then. I'll tell him, Sam. No, you he don't. Yelled. No, you don't. Oh. I'm going to tell this part. You see, he ran out of the bank, like we told you, and across the street to where them twin oaks stand, at the end of the village green over there. And the next thing you know, he jumped. He didn't jump rightly. He left. Jumped, left, means the same. Well, go on, Mr. Wilkins. Well, he up and he, he, he up and left, clean over them big oaks and flew away. Are you sure? I don't believe it. Well, we're seeing him, I tell you. Clear as we see you this minute, young yeah. fella. The moon was shining bright as a new penny. Just like it is now. And we see him fly away carrying the satchel with the bank's money in it. Uh-huh, he flew that way to the east. No, no, it was more to the south, sir. He went east, I tell you. Come over here, Bruce. He went over the church people, yeah. didn't he? Well, he sure he did, but then he turned over to No, south, over the great elevator. What do you make of this, Kent? I don't know what to make of it. If this man really flew... He couldn't have. You're the only person in the world who can fly. Well, that's what I always thought, but Mr. and Mrs. Wilkins there swear they saw the man leap up into the air. Oh, they were excited. You heard how they contradicted each other. One said he was eight feet tall, and the other one said he was... Yes, Mr. Who's that? Oh, it's Constable Higby. Hey, here I am, Constable. Promise to tell me if they found out anything else. Just got a phone call from Chief Roberts over to Benson City. Oh, the fella came down there. The bank robber? Yeah, showed up with the money. You mean they caught him? I ain't sure whether they caught him or not. The connection was kind of bad. I gotta get right over to Benson City. I'm going to get Sam and Sarah Wilkins to identify him. You two can come along. 
I've got my car over there on the other side of the bank. Well, thanks, Constable, but we'll go over alone. Come on, Bruce, between these stores. What for? What do you think? Oh, the Superman Express takes off at Benson City, eh? Uh-huh. As soon as I stripped down to my costume... Ah, here, this is a good spot. Want me to get in the Batman's rig? No, no, no. When we get to Benson City, I'll change back to Kent. I just hope they hold on to that fella. Oh, I've got my fingers crossed. There we are. All set. All right, hang on, chum. Let her rip. Here we go. Up and away! Leaping from the shadowed street with Bruce Wayne clinging to his shoulders, Superman streaks through the dark sky to Benson City, 33 miles away. A few minutes later, once more in his guise and garb of Clark Kent, he and Wayne are in the office of Police Chief Morris, where they are introduced to Mrs. Green, a clear-eyed, gray-haired woman. Mrs. Green is the matron of the old people's home, Mr. Kent. That's a mile and a half north of here. That's where this Superman bank robber came down. Uh, why do you keep calling him the Superman bank robber, Chief? Well, Mr. Wayne, I never heard of anyone else who could fly. And that fellow seems to have superhuman strength. Just the same, he isn't super. Well, never mind that, Bruce. Would you mind if Mrs. Green told us exactly what happened, Chief? Sure, why not? You mind telling it again, Mrs. Green? Not at all, I'm still a bit upset, though. Well, it often helps to talk over things that are bothering you. So I've heard. Well, as Chief Morris told you, I'm the matron of the old people's home. I was just going to my room tonight to making my rounds when I heard a loud banging on the door. Uh, what time was this? About 11.30. I see. Uh, go ahead, Mrs. Green. I hurried to the door and opened it. A tall man was standing there. He had a strange costume on, red cape over his shoulders. He was wearing a mask. Mask? I was... Quite startled. I said, Who are you? He didn't answer. Just held out a satchel he was carrying. I asked him what it was. He he just laughed. A deep laugh and offered me the satchel again. I asked him again what it was and who he was, but he just laughed, put the satchel down at my feet. Uh-huh. Then he turned and ran down the steps toward the road, but but before he got to the road. Yes? Before he got to the road, he he jumped high into the air. And flew away. Uh-oh. Just like he flew away from Groveton after he robbed the bank there. How do you know he robbed the bank? Because there was $20,000 in that satchel he gave Mrs. Green. The same amount that was stolen from the Groveton bank. And get this. The serial numbers of the bills. Checked with the Groveton money. Oh, I... I don't understand it. I'm... I'm afraid I do. What do you mean, Ken? I'll tell you later. Well... Uh, goodbye, Mrs. Green and Chief Morris. Goodbye. Thank, Thank you very much. You're welcome, Mr. Kent. Goodbye. Uh, wait, Kent. Uh, you said... I said later, Bruce. All right. There's nobody around. Now, what did you mean when you said you understand all this? I'm pretty sure I know who the bank robber is. What? You do? Yes. Wait just a minute and I'll tell you. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. <laughs> Outside the small police station in Benson City, Bruce Wayne, who is really Batman, waits anxiously for Kent to speak. Finally, loses patience. Come on, Kent, give. You said you know who the bank robber is. I... I'm almost certain I do. Well, then tell me, man, who is he? I think you're looking at him. You mean... Oh, Kent. Kent, no! Well, according to all the evidence, it looks like I've been doing it as Superman. Thunderstruck, Bruce Wayne stares at Clark Kent, who has just said that he thinks the mysterious bank robber is himself, Superman. Can Kent be serious? What is the explanation for his startling statement? 
Fellows and girls, don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode in our fascinating new mystery when Clark Kent explains everything to Batman. Be sure to tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, the Man of Steel and his friend Batman puzzle over a very unique problem. We'll join them as Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne in just a moment. But right now, let's hear what Dan McCullough has in store for us. You know, uh, nobody wants to miss out on a good thing. That's why all the fellows and girls in the gang are mighty busy these days working on their collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pets. Because every fellow or girl hopes that eventually he'll be the one who's first in the neighborhood to collect all 18 different buttons in the series. Think of it, 18 different pictures of your favorite comic strip characters. From Smitty right on up through Orphan Annie and Smiling Jack to Superman himself. Everyone a true-to-life picture of some funny paper friend. Every single picture so bright-colored and gleaming that, well, you're mighty proud to wear them pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. And, of course, you'd feel kind of out of things if you're not trading duplicates the way all your friends are. Because that's the swell fun. But, you know, the best part is, these exciting comic buttons are so easy to collect. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. But every time Mom opens a new package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep, there's your exclusive prize. Be sure to get your comic buttons, gang, from P-E-P Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. <laughs> 
series of amazing bank robberies in small towns outside Metropolis has greatly alarmed Superman and his friend Batman. In each case, the burglar was apparently an individual of superhuman strength who seemingly bent steel bars and ripped open massive vaults as if they were made of putty. And then, after he had escaped safely, sent all the stolen money to charity. Several witnesses testified that the strange burglar wore a blue costume and red cape similar to Superman's, and that he had left the scene by leaping into the air and soaring away like some great bird. As we continue now, outside the small police station at Benson City, some 60 miles from Metropolis, Clark Kent has just startled Bruce Wayne, also known as Batman, with an amazing statement. As Wayne stares open-mouthed, Kent repeats the statement. I... I'm afraid I'm the mysterious bank robber. What? Yes, after all the evidence we've heard, what else can I think? Oh, look, pal, this is no time for jokes. Unfortunately, it's not a joke. You see, Bruce, I... Hold it, We can't talk here. Too many people around. Come on. Now, there's a diner across the street. Now, pull yourself together. Maybe I ought to give myself up. Oh, stop raving. I'm not raving. The trouble is... Leave it till we're inside. All right. Oh, good. No customers. We can have some privacy. Uh, take that booth on the corner. Okay. Would you mind turning the radio down a little, Mac? I'll shut it off, Jack. Uh, thanks. Sit down, Ken. All right. <sighs> you still think I'm joking, don't you, Bruce? Well, you must be. Well, I'm not. Look, Ken. You're up against one of the toughest problems of your life. You've got to plan a sensible course of action. Well, I don't see what I can do except give myself up to the police. After oh, all, stop if... it. You know the answer to this as well as I do. And the answer isn't you. It must be. Nonsense. Let me, Jess. Um, I'll have scrambled eggs and bacon, butter toast, and glass of milk. How about you, Ken? Oh, nothing, thanks. I'm not hungry. Uh, double that order. No, I uh, don't... Put it on the fire, Mac. Okay. Look, I... You can't stop yourself, Ken. You're going to need all your strength when you meet up with that other Superman. That other what? Don't look so surprised. You know what I'm talking about. You still think there's another Superman? I don't think anymore. I know. Several people saw him fly. They all can't be crazy. There must be another one. But I tell you, there isn't. There can't be. I was the only survivor when the planet Krypton exploded. To the best of your knowledge, you were. Look, Kent, let's face facts. There has to be another Superman. But there's no other way to explain it. Yes, there is. All right, how? Well, all I can think of is maybe I'm the one who's been breaking into those banks as Superman. I really believe you're serious. Well, of course I am. But but how can you possibly think that... Well, that you... Wait a minute now, wait a minute. Relax, I'll explain. You remember yesterday when I had a splitting headache and had to go home? Yes. Remember I fell asleep in my chair and slept for hours until you woke me around midnight? Now, go on. I never had a headache in my life, Bruce. And I never fell asleep in my chair either, until a few weeks ago. It was just after my experience with the Atom Man and the Cyclotron when I was exposed to atomic energy. What are you driving at, Kent? Just this. In the past few weeks, I've had frequent headaches, and I've often caught myself dozing or wandering around in sort of a haze. And, well, I'm just afraid that during these sleeping or dozing spells, I suffer of a, a kind of amnesia, a loss of memory, and I don't know what I'm doing. And you rob banks and then have no recollection of it afterwards. Well, yes, at least that's what I think. Oh, can't I'm amazed at you. Why? Let's suppose you did walk in your sleep or have amnesia or whatever you want to call it, and well, you still wouldn't do anything wrong. Well, you've always been on the side of law and order. But when I'm asleep and I don't know what I'm doing? Well, you still wouldn't do anything wrong. No, 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 you're way off base. There's another Superman, and I'm going to prove it. How? Well, something occurred to me a little while ago. Something you said. Oh, that... golly, here it comes again. What? Another one of those headaches. Listen, Kent, you really ought to see a doctor. Yeah, I intend to. Oh. My doctor's out of town, but he'll be back today after tomorrow. I'm sorry. Go ahead with what you were saying. Okay. When you took your notebook out before, I noticed a map on the inside cover. Oh, yes, it's a, it's a state map. Well, that's what I want. Let me see it. Sure. What for? Yeah, I'll show you. Okay. Here you are. You don't mind if I mark it up a little bit? No, no, go ahead. All right. Now, look. Here's where the first bank was robbed. Glen Forest. 
I'll put an X on it. Okay. The uh, second bank was at uh, Hightown, right? Right. Hightown, Hightown. High... Oh, here we are. Yeah. I'll put an X there, too. I think I know what you're driving at, but it's no good because... Keep your shirt on, Chum. The third job was at, uh, oh, let's see now. Where... Thomasville. Here it is down oh. here. Oh, yes, yes. But you're wasting your time. No, Rose. I'm not. The fourth robbery was at Lynn Haven. There it is over there. Uh-huh. There, right there. Ah, uh, bacon and eggs coming up. Uh, just set them down on the table, please. Okay. Then, uh, Rolton, right, Kent? Right. It's southwest of your last mark. Uh, I've got it. Look, hold it, hold it. Uh, anything else? Uh, uh, no, that's all, thanks. Okay. See what you were doing with that map. Bridge with the cross marks on the map. See the pattern they make? Yes, yes, a three-quarters arc of a circle. I noticed that before, but... I know you did. That's what started me thinking. Now watch. I'm going to complete the circle. There we are. See? Uh-huh. The arc that I just put in runs through two towns. Lordville and Somerset. You figure I'm going to pull my next bank job in one of those two towns, is that it? No, not you. The other Superman. Maybe there isn't any other. And I tell you there is. There must be. For some reason, he's following the arc of a circle. And if the three of us lay for him in both towns... Three we... of us? Yes. You, Robert, and I. Oh. You cover the bank in Lordville. Robin and I can cover the one in Somerset. Well, now, look, wait a minute, Bruce. Suppose I fall asleep on we'll the We'll take job. a chance on that. If he shows up at either one of the two banks, says I think he will, why, we'll grab him. No, with all due respect to you, Batman, if he is another Superman, as you seem to think, I'm afraid you and Robin won't be much of a match for him. I thought of that. We'll carry a walkie-talkie radio, and so will you. Now, Lord, though, and Somerset are only 20-odd miles apart. If he shows up at Somerset, we'll call you, and you can get over in a hurry. Hey, maybe you got something there at that. If he doesn't show up at Lordville or Somerset, but shows up some other place, then we'll know I'm not the mysterious bank robber. Exactly. Now, come on. Let's see if you get going. Okay. We've got a lot to do today. The last three robberies have taken place on succeeding nights. And unless I miss my guess, we're going to meet our Superman friend tonight. Eagerly, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, who in reality are Superman and Batman, make detailed plans to trap the mysterious superhuman bank robber that night. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. It is now late at night. Batman and Robin, wearing their costumes and hooded masks, are crouched in the dark doorway of a store. Across the deserted, moonlit street is the one-story brick building of the Somerset National Bank. Strapped to Robin's back is a portable walkie-talkie radio. No call from Superman yet. I guess that means our bird hasn't shown up at Lordville. I guess not, Robin. What's that? Take it easy, take it easy. It's just the town clock. Oh. Say, it just struck once. Once for one o'clock. Catch on? Oh, I'll figure it out on my adding machine sometime. But look, according to the police reports, this fellow always does his bank busting job between 11 and 12.30. And now it's one. Well, maybe he was delayed. Or maybe he's taking a night off. I don't think so. Listen, do you really think there is another Superman? I'm convinced there is. Well, golly, if there is and he comes here tonight, we're going to have one sweet job on our hands. You're not kidding, Robin. The one time we call for help, and fast. Who do we call? Oh, you mean Superman. Right, and Lord, though. Say, better check the walkie-talkie. I did, but I'll check again. Quiet. What was that? Quiet. Look, Robin. Christopher Columbus. Quiet, Robin. Is it our Superman or, or the other one? Whoever he is, he comes out of the sky. Look. He's walking toward the bank. Now he's looking around. He's got a mask on. It can't be our Superman. Look, Robin. Get on the walkie-talkie. Call Superman at Lordo. Tell him to get here at once. Okay. Come on, hurry. Calling Superman. Calling Superman. Not so loud. Superman, come in. Superman. Calling Superman. Oh, 
This guy heard you. He's coming over here. Yes, keep calling Robin. Calling Superman. Superman. Where are you, Superman? Come in. What's the matter, Robin? I don't know. He doesn't answer. Drop the walkie-talkie and stand by for action. Here comes trouble. Bracing themselves, Batman and Robin prepare to meet the charge of the tall, powerfully built man looming out of the darkness and wearing a blue costume and red cape identified with Superman. Who is he? And how did he drop out of the sky without warning? Is he another creature possessed of superhuman powers? Or, as Clark Kent suspects, is he the real Superman? Fellows and girls, don't miss Monday's thrilling episode when we learn not only how Batman and Robin fare against their strange opponent, but many other amazing things. So be sure to listen Monday, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, cowabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Browsers! With crits starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, his friends Batman and Robin meet a strange and mysterious figure. We'll join them in a moment. But right now, here is Dan McCullough. You know, gang, it's a load of fun to read stories about buried treasure. And did you ever stop to think that there's treasure buried in every package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet? Yes, sir. A treasure of doggone good eating, plus an exciting prize. A bright-colored, smart-looking comic button to add to your collection. Why, it's a real thrill when Mom opens a new package of pet just to see which comic strip character that you'll get. Maybe a brand new one that you don't have yet, like a Grinning Smitty or Silly-looking Smokey Stover or a handsome Superman himself. And if it's a duplicate, you know, like one you already have, why, that's even more fun because then you can swap with your pals and still have a different button to wear pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. And whichever button you get, it's bound to be a honey. Done up in full comic strip colors, 
striped red and blue and black on a gleaming white background. A real eye-catcher. So how's about reminding Mom right now to get you some more Kellogg's Pet? That's the only way you can get these comic buttons, you know. You can't buy them anywhere, and you don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. They come only as exclusive prizes in packages of Pet. Just ask Mom for P-E-P, Pet, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. A series of amazing bank robberies committed by a mysterious individual apparently possessed of superhuman powers, who, strangely enough, forwards all the stolen money to charity, has posed an almost frightening problem to Superman and his friend, the famous Batman. It is Batman's belief that another Superman exists, another survivor of the planet Krypton. Superman himself, however, has an even more startling theory. He believes that because he was exposed to the nerve-shattering effects of atomic energy during his titanic battles with the Atom Man, that he is suffering from a form of amnesia, a loss of memory, and that he himself is committing the strange burglaries without having any knowledge of what he is doing. Yesterday, as you recall, he was about to give himself up to the police when Batman proposed a plan. In his guise of Bruce Wayne, he outlined the plan to Clark Kent, who, as we know, is Superman. The way I figured it's like this, Kent. Now, according to this map... All the banks that were broken into are in towns that form a circle within a 50-mile radius of Metropolis. Uh-huh. Now, see, I, I've marked the circle off. Yes, except that the circle isn't complete. Right. There are two towns missing. Two towns that haven't been touched yet. Lordville and Somerset. See, and you think one of them is next on the list. Right. Either Lordville or Somerset. Now, my idea is this. Tonight, Robin and I can watch the bank at Somerset, while you keep an eye on the one at Lordville. As we continue now, it is long after midnight. Batman and Robin, hidden in the doorway opposite the Somerset Bank... We're amazed to see a powerfully built man wearing a blue costume and red cape drop from the sky and approach the bank. Quickly, Robin tried to contact Superman and Lordville by walkie-talkie, but there was no response. Hearing Robin's voice, the man in the cape suddenly wheeled and faced them. In the moonlight, Batman and Robin could see he was masked. Squaring his broad shoulders, he started across the deserted street in their direction. Listen. Uh-oh, here he comes, Batman. Get set for trouble, boy. Trouble is right. If he's really a superman... He must be. He dropped out of the sky. Then we're dead ducks. Maybe not. We can just keep him busy till our superman gets here. How's he gonna get here? He didn't answer our call. Well, maybe he heard it but didn't bother to answer. This is Robin. Let's go to town. All right, wait a minute. Chin looks in spite of us. As soon as his nose. Ah, he's going, Robin. Uh, he's going to sell. Uh, What's that name, uh, Andrew? Uh, Hardly, stranger. Your chin's showing again. Oh. And here's a lovely curtain for your eyes. Very pretty, Robin. Uh, Thanks. But he doesn't fall down. Uh, Look out, Batman. Don't let him grab you. Uh, oh, he's got me. Uh, he's as strong as a mug. Batman, are you okay? Uh, I, I guess so, but nobody ever played uh, football with me like that before. Uh, uh, he's coming for you. Let's uh, go, you big man. Uh, uh, Batman, he's got me. Uh, Robin. Robin, are you hurt? Uh, I'm okay. I guess. Christopher Columbus, he just wound up and threw me like a baseball. Come on, hop on your feet. Get out of boy. Oh, he's running away. Come on, show him after him. Ooh, look at him go. We'll never catch him. We've got to step on it. I'm practically off the ground now. Wait, Jupiter. What are you slowing up for? Stop. Look. Jeepers, he's up in the air. He's flying. Come on, Robin. I'm a double. Where to now? Back to the walkie-talkie. We've got to contact Superman and Lordville. The same way we contacted him before? Don't be funny. We've got to get him here in a hurry. He may still be able to catch that bruiser. Oh, I don't see how. Just leave it to him. Well, here's the doorway we were in. Where'd you put the walkie-talkie? Here it is. Well, get on it fast. Okay. Calling Superman. Calling Superman and Lordville. Come in, Superman. 
Come in. I hope he answers this time. Any luck? Not yet. Superman. Calling Superman. Batman and Robin calling Superman. Come in, please. Why doesn't he answer? Maybe he's not there. Of course he's there. Try it again. Calling Superman. Calling Superman. Come in, Superman. Come in. No soap, huh? No soap. Okay. Let's go. Where to? We'll drive over to Lordville. Get in. Well, at least we learned something. We learned there is another Superman. Did we? Who else could throw us around like paper bags and then fly away? Well, I know what you're thinking, but you're wrong. And I'll prove it as soon as we get to Lordville. Hang on now. I'm going to make time. that sign, Robin? Yep. We're in Lordville. There's the bank. All right. Brace yourself. Out we go. Looks as deserted around here as it was in Somerset. Well, it's almost two in the morning. Now, where's Superman? I don't see him. He's probably around the side of the bank or in back. Come on. Wouldn't you think they'd have a watchman around here or a policeman? Oh, they rarely do in small towns like this, Robin. The constable makes the rounds every hour or so, if it isn't too cold out. I still don't see Superman. He must be around somewhere. Where? Superman! Hey, Superman! You see him? No, but if he's here, how come he doesn't see us? I don't know. Maybe he's behind the bank. I've got a feeling... Wait, wait. Here's the end of the building. He's not back here. Hey, that's strange. Superman! Where are you? No answer. He's not here. I don't understand it. Something's wrong, Robin. Something's very wrong. Puzzled and confused, Batman and Robin stand at the rear of the bank building, peering into the darkness. What has happened to Superman? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. (laughs) Failing to find Superman at the bank he had presumably been guarding in the village of Lordville, Batman and Robin, unable to understand it, have returned to the deserted street in front of the darkened bank. Not a sign of him. How do you add this up, Batman? I can't make it add at all. Superman wouldn't leave a post he was got. Looking for somebody? What the... Superman! Well, what are you two doing here? Huh? Where have you been? Right here. Right Right here. here. Well, except for the last minute or two. I caught a glimpse of something up in the sky, something I couldn't make out, and I went up to investigate. You say the, the last minute or two? Yes. There wasn't a sign of life for miles around, so I thought it was perfectly safe to have a look at whatever was up there. Funny thing, I lost it, though. Then I thought I saw it again, but I happened to look down, and I saw you two, so down I came to find out what was wrong. Why did you leave Somerset? To get you. The other Superman showed up. What? That's right. At least we think it was another Superman. Of course it was. It had to be if if Superman was right here all the time. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Tell me about this. Well, just after one o'clock. That's just a little less than an hour ago. Right. Uh-huh. Robin and I were in a doorway across from the Somerset Bank. I see. All of a sudden, a man in a blue costume and a red cape dropped out of the sky and landed in front of the bank. Out of the sky? That's right. He heard Robin calling you on the walkie-talkie and came for us. We tangled with him and got tossed around like a couple of beanbags. And then, well, then he ran away. Well, we started to chase him, but he leaped up into the air and he disappeared. Well, why didn't you call me? Well, I just told you. That's how we came to tangle with him. You see... He heard Robin trying to raise you. Now, wait a minute. That's impossible. Nobody called me. Oh, no. I practically went horse calling you. What? When we first spotted a guy, and then after he flew away. 
You say this was about one o'clock? Well, we'll call it one five. One five. Well, I was right here, and the walkie-talkie was on my back, just as it is now. Well, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? Maybe it's out of order. Well, we can find out easily enough. All right, good idea. Mars in the back of the car. You stay where you are. Right. I'll wait for the car. Okay. All right, come on, Robin. We'll move back a little more. Okay. All right, anytime you're ready, Batman. I'm ready now. Go ahead, then. Calling Superman. Calling Superman. It works. Coming through? Yes. It works. Yes. That's exactly what it means. And since it does work, how could you have called me from Somerset without my hearing you? Unless. Unless. Once again, the same frightening thought passes through Superman's troubled mind. The horrible suspicion that somehow he himself is responsible for all that has been going on. That in this case, he may have dozed off and in a state of stupor, flown to Somerset and attacked Batman and Robin. Then, why should he attack his friends? Why should he break into banks? Do you believe he's responsible? Frankly, we don't. Or do you believe there's another Superman? Another survivor of the planet Krypton? Well, one way or the other, you'll be amazed as the mystery unfolds. So don't fail to listen. This is the most puzzling and the most exciting of Superman's many adventures. So be sure to hear tomorrow's episode. Tune in, same time, same station, and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC publication. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice, who is today more puzzled than ever over the strange series of bank robberies. We'll join him in the little village of Lordville in just a moment. But right now, let's hear what Dan McCullough has in store for us. You know, gang, if you should ever happen to be kind of blue, I'll bet you could cheer yourself up just by taking a look at some of those comic buttons you're collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pets. They're sure to hand you a laugh. Take K.O., for instance. His black derby hat, sizes too big for him, sits down over one eye in the silliest way while he looks just like a, you know, a tough little mug with a sense of humor. Then there's Smokey Stover. You know, the fellow who's always doing things backward. Why, he's doggone comical with his ear-to-ear grin and his fireman's hat sitting back in his head. And you'll get a kick out of the Superman button, too, because he reminds you of all the wonderful adventures he's had and all the rest of the 18 different buttons in the series. 
And you know what the best part is? These pictures are straight from the funny papers. They're true to life and done up in such bright colors, they show up like anything when you wear the buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. So get busy on your collection, gang. They're easy to get. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. But there's one of these exclusive prizes in every package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Ask Mom to get you P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Never before has Superman been up against so baffling a problem as the one facing him now. Is it possible, as a result of the strange after-effects of being bombarded with atomic energy, that he has been breaking into banks, stealing money, and then donating it to charity without realizing what he is doing? Or, as his friend Batman thinks, is there another Superman, another individual possessed of superhuman powers who has been committing the act? In a desperate effort to solve the problem, Superman and Batman charted the course of the strange bank robberies and discovered that they followed a circular path through small towns in the vicinity of Metropolis. The next two towns on the arc of the circle were Lordville and Somerset. And while Superman set himself to watch the Lordville bank, Batman and Robin stationed themselves in Somerset. Late at night, a masked figure dropped out of the sky in Somerset, garbed in a blue costume and red cape. As Robin tried unsuccessfully to contact Superman by walkie-talkie radio, the man attacked our two friends, then leaped into the air and disappeared. Batman and Robin hurried to Lordville, where Superman said he had not received the SOS call on his walkie-talkie. The test, however, proved that the radio was in working order. And as we continue now, on the dark street in front of the Lordville Bank, Superman says... Nothing wrong with the walkie-talkie, so why didn't I hear Robin calling me? You're sure you were here all the time? Every minute, Batman. Gosh, I can't figure it out. Neither can I, unless... Unless what? Unless you were asleep when we tried to call you. I wasn't. Well, how do you know? You said you've often dropped off to sleep without warning since you were exposed to that atomic energy. Well, yes, but I was Well, that's what must have happened tonight. Like the other evening in your apartment. You dozed off in your chair and slept for several hours. Say, I'll bet that's what did happen. Oh, no, I don't think so, Say, Robin, wait a minute, I wait. I just thought of something. What? Before you fell asleep the other evening, you complained of a headache. Remember? Yes, yes, that's right. You have a headache tonight? Come to think of it, I did have one. But I would have known if I'd been asleep. Mm, not necessarily. You might have been leaning against the bank or sitting down. Well, when you woke up, you were still in the same place and you didn't know you'd been sleeping. Well, I suppose that could be the answer. Well, I'm sure of it. But if it is, then I... I... You what? I must be the one who dropped out of the sky in Somerset an hour ago to rob the bank. Cheaper. You weren't. How do you know? I told you before. Even if you walked in your sleep... You mean flu? Or had amnesia, you wouldn't do anything wrong. Well, if I didn't know what I was doing... Well, you still wouldn't do anything wrong. There's another Superman. I've said so from the beginning. Sorry, I can't believe it. Look, both of you. You saw whoever it was tonight. You were face to face with him. You must know if it was me or not. We weren't face-to-face with him very long. He threw us around like a couple of footballs. Yes, and he was wearing a mask. But I'm sure he wasn't you. But he was about my size and build. Yes. And he was wearing a costume just like mine. Yes. And he got away by leaping up into the air and disappearing. Yes, but I... Wait a minute, I forgot. His voice. Was it my voice? His voice? I don't seem to remember his voice. Oh, neither do I. Say, come to think of it, he didn't say a word. That's right. He just kind of grunted now and then. Oh. I can't believe it was you, Superman. Only, of course, it does seem funny. Oh, stop it, Robin. If only I knew. I've got to know. Look, Jim, I've got an idea. What is it? Dr. Halpert. He's chief of the Metropolis Hospital. He's a friend of mine. He's not only one of the greatest physicians in the world, but he worked with the atom bomb scientists on the after effects of radioactivity. Oh? Now, let's put the problem up to him. Nothing would suit me better. Fine. We'll go back to Metropolis right now. Oh, no, wait. 
We can't leave here till sunup. Why not? Well, just in case the other Superman might decide to take a crack at this bank. I still can't believe there is another. I one. know there is. Oh, oh, it's a town clock. Yeah. Well, let's get out of sight. Just in case our friend does show up. This way. Okay. Hiding in the dark shadows of the bank, our friends wait tensely but in vain. And when the first streaks of the rising sun lighten the sky above the sleeping village, they return to Metropolis. A short time later, in their guises of Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, Superman and Batman are in the office of Dr. Alfred Halper, world-famous director of the Metropolis Hospital. Ah, just a moment, please, Bruce, and Mr. Kent. Are you trying to tell me that you believe Superman is this mysterious bank robber? Yes. No. Which is it? That Kent has a crazy idea that he, uh, I mean Superman. Well, go ahead and tell Dr. Halper about it, Kent. Okay. I suppose you read about Superman's recent experience with the Atom Man, Doctor. Of course. Amazing thing. Not for Superman. I shudder to think what might have happened to us all. But go on, go on. Well, a short while after that, Superman was trapped in a cyclotron where he was exposed to more atomic energy. I happen to know that since then, he's been getting headaches and even dropping off to sleep at odd times. Yes. How do you know that? I, well, I know. Take my word for it. Now, it's my theory that during these, well, these sleeping spells, when he doesn't know what he's doing, he breaks into banks. And when he wakes up, he has no recollection of what he did. Oh, you're all wet. Now, wait a minute, Bruce. Why do you say that, Mr. Dan? Well, because several people saw the man leap into the air and disappear. Only Superman can do that. And only he can bend solid steel bars and rip open heavy barred doors and vaults. Well, the other Superman can evidently do it, too. Well, I just don't believe there is another, Bruce. Oh, there must be. Just a moment, please. I don't know if Bruce's theory is correct, but I'm sure that yours is incorrect, Mr. Kent. Oh, why? For two reasons. In the first place, I don't believe that Superman could have these periods of forgetfulness which we call amnesia. Neither do I. But he was exposed to the terrible power of atomic energy, Doctor. Couldn't that have brought it on? Not with Superman. But even if it were possible, which I don't believe, he certainly wouldn't commit any criminal act. There, there, you hear that, Kent? Yeah, yes, I hear it, but I'd like to know why Dr. Halper is so certain. Because Superman, as everyone knows, is thoroughly honest and upright. He fights for law and order. Well, that's true, but such a person wouldn't commit a dishonest act, even if he'd been hypnotized. Now, that's a proven medical fact. But he gives all the stolen money to charity. Stealing is an antisocial act, a crime, regardless of what's done with the stolen goods. Robin Hood stole from the rich to help the poor, but he was still a thief. Isn't that right? Right. Of course. That's why I say Superman couldn't have done it. He works for the law and for society, not against it. Well, are you satisfied, Kent? Yes. Yes, and I'm relieved, too. <laughs> Imagine thinking Superman could turn bank robber. Why, it's enough to make you lose faith in all humanity. I can assure you it's impossible. Well, that's wonderful. Hey, I... I don't know how to tell you how grateful I am, Doctor. I'm glad I could be of service. Incidentally, Bruce's theory that there may be another Superman is very interesting. Uh, we'll have more to tell you on that later. I hope. Well, uh, we've got to rush now. Many thanks, Doc. All right, come on, Kent. All right, thanks again, Dr. Halper. You're quite welcome. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Well, you won't have to give yourself up to the police after all, Kent. Oh, it certainly takes a load off my mind, I must say. But somehow I just can't believe it. Oh, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Halper knows his stuff. And you said you did believe it. Oh, I believe I'm not the bank robber, Bruce. Well, then what? I just can't believe there's another Superman. Oh, you're being stubborn. No, no I'm not. It's Only a... Superman could do the things this fellow's been doing. I realize it looks that way, but... Hey, wait, I'll open the door. Oh, thanks. Uh, what did you start to say? Well, if there is another Superman, why haven't we heard of him before? Where's he been all these years? I've been wondering about that, too. But we'll find out when we catch him. Something strange about this. Very strange. 
Did you hear that? Yes. Come on, I want to see that paper. Breaking into a run, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne make for the newsboy who is shouting that the mysterious bank robber has been identified. Who is he? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. As they left the Metropolis Hospital, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, who was really the famous Batman, heard a newsboy shouting that the mysterious bank robber had been identified. As we continue now, Kent has purchased a paper, and he and Wayne have moved away from the excited crowd around the newsboy. Who is it, Kent? Listen to this, Bruce. The mysterious bank robber who has been terrorizing communities in the vicinity of Metropolis by his superhuman feats of strength and his ability to fly has at last been identified by Inspector William Henderson of the Metropolis Police Department. Oh, never mind. Oh, that can't go on. All right, wait a minute. Let's see. Here. Early this morning, Henderson summoned reporters to his office and announced that he had just discovered evidence which identified the bank burglar. Henderson said that he was shocked to have to reveal that the thief is... Is... Is who, Ken? Is who? Superman. Speechless, Bruce Wayne snatches the paper from Clark Kent's hands and reads Inspector Henderson's startling statement again. A statement to the effect that newly discovered evidence has proven that the amazing bank robber is Superman, the Man of Steel. How can this be after what Dr. Halpert has just said? And what is this new evidence? Tomorrow's episode is tense and exciting, fellows and girls, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. As we join him today... He and his friend Batman are faced with a very difficult problem. We'll get the details in a moment. But right now, let's hear from Dan McCullough. These wintry days, sunshine looks a doggone cheery and appetizing when it shows up at the breakfast table that, well, it seems like you can almost taste its warmth and goodness. And uh, that's just about the same way you feel when you taste the sunny, golden toasted goodness of Kellogg's Pets. Yes, sir. That's a sunshine flavor, all right. And that's not all. Your regular dish of pep for breakfast gives you your daily minimum need of sunshine vitamin D that helps build strong bones and teeth. That's one reason Mom wants you to eat pep regularly, especially in the wintertime. And, of course, the more Kellogg's Pep your family eats, the more comic buttons you get for your collection. Because there's one of these exciting prizes in every package. And are they beauties? Pictures of your favorite funny paper characters done up in bright red and blue and black on a gleaming white background. Mighty snappy looking. 
And what's more, there are 18 different comic buttons in the series. So you get the fun of rounding out your whole collection. That's easy to do, too. Sure, you don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere. They come only as prizes in packages of Kellogg's Pep. So plan to eat lots of P-E-P Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Justice Clark Kent became convinced that it was not he in his role of Superman who had broken into several banks, ripped open steel vaults, and then donated the stolen money to charity. He was dealt a staggering blow. He and his friend Batman heard a newsboy shouting that the mysterious bank robber had been identified. Purchasing a paper, Kent read that police inspector Henderson had discovered evidence which proved that Superman was guilty. As we continue now, Kent and Batman in his guise of Bruce Wayne have hurried to the office of Inspector Henderson at Metropolis Police Headquarters. As we join them there, Henderson is speaking. I'm sorry, Kent, but I can't tell you what the evidence is yet. Why not? I'm getting one more opinion on it. I expect a report any minute, and then I'll issue a statement to the press. But according to the extras on the streets, you're already convinced that Superman is the bank robber. That's right. But this is so, well, so incredible that I decided to have the evidence verified once more before I obtain warrants for his arrest. Arrest Superman? Why, you're out of your mind, Inspector. Now, hold on, Wayne. Superman a thief. Why, of all the ridiculous nonsense I ever heard, well, you ought to know it's impossible. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Why, Wait, Superman's Bruce. done more to combat crime than any other man in the world. He's always been on the side of law and order. I know it. You know it. But you go on record as calling him a criminal, now, a bank robber. And I used to think you had brains. Now, you listen to me, Wayne. Wait a minute, you We've two. been friends for a long time, but you can't talk to me like that. Well, I'm sorry, Inspector. I know what a shock this is to you, but it was just as great a shock to me. Even with the proof in my hands, I had a hard time making myself believe that Superman had turned crooked. He didn't, Inspector. Of course he didn't. I say he did. And I've got the evidence to prove it. What, what do you mean? I'll produce it when I'm ready. Why can't you produce it now? I'll promise not to publish a word of it until you give me permission. I said I'll produce it when I'm ready and not a moment before. But... And it won't do you any good to try to crowd me. That's the trouble with both of you. You think that... Come in. Oh, what is it, Burton? I've got the report from McCann, Inspector. Oh, good. That's what I've been waiting for. Let's have it. Yes, sir. Here it is. Is this the report on the evidence you mentioned, Inspector? Yeah. Uh, let's see what he says. Oh, that's all, Burton. Yes, sir. Well? Now, take it easy, Wayne. Hmm, just as I thought. McCann backs us up. Who's McCann? Backs you up on what? Look, you fellows have been helpful to the police department on more than one occasion. I'm going to take you into my confidence on one condition. What's that? That you don't print a word of this before I release it to all the papers. I'd have them on my neck if you did. I promise. And you're to keep it under your hat, too, Wayne. Check. Okay. Take a look at this card first. All right. Let's see it. Uh-oh. Now, it says, uh, a gift from the Linhaven National Bank with the compliments of a friend. Say, we saw this before, can't remember? Yes, at the War Orphans Relief Society. It came with a package of money stolen from the Linhaven Bank. Right. And there are four other cards like this in the same handwriting. Just the names of the banks are different. Yes, we know. They were received at various charity offices with the stolen money. Right. And all four cards were obviously written by the bank robber. Well, they might not have been. They came with the stolen money, didn't they? Yes. Well, but... that's enough for me. Now, here. Take a look at this. What is it? Oh, I know. It's a piece of notepaper with some writing on it. Hey, let me see it. Compliments and best wishes to Jimmy Olson from... From... Go on, read the signature, Wayne. Oh, it's signed... Superman. Yes, you bet it is. Superman gave Jim Olsen that autograph some time ago. I was looking around the Daily Planet today. I knew they had some kind of unofficial contact with Superman. And I found this piece of paper hanging over Olsen's desk. 
Now, compare Superman's handwriting with the handwriting on the cards that came with the stolen money. Why, um, um, they look pretty similar. Pretty similar? They're exactly alike. Same man wrote them. And that man is Superman. You're wrong, Inspector. Look at it, Kent. Look at it. I don't have to. I know Superman wrote the autograph for Jim, but I also know he didn't write those cards. Oh, he didn't, eh? No. Well, listen to this. Joe Reiser, the police handwriting expert, says Superman did write the oh, cards. Well, you And can... George McCann, another expert we call in sometimes, says the same thing. So what? We could call in a dozen experts, and half of them would probably say he didn't write it. Sure. I've seen plenty of cases where handwriting experts disagree. My two experts agree. That's enough for my purposes. Besides, you don't have to be an expert to see that the same man wrote the autograph and the cards. Well, it may look that way, but you're wrong, Inspector. Of course you are. How could you possibly believe that Superman would rob banks? Oh, let's not go into that again. I've asked myself the same question a thousand times. I don't know the answer. He's been giving the stolen money to charity. Maybe he's got a... Oh, some kind of a Robin Hood complex or something. Oh, nonsense. Okay, Wayne. How do you account for the fact that Superman's handwriting matches the writing on the card? I don't know, and but... who I... else but Superman could rip open steel doors and vaults and then leap up into the air and disappear? Oh, that's easy. Another Superman. Oh, so now there's another Superman. Where's he been all these years? Sitting home, crocheting doilies? Well, I'll admit I don't know that either, but I can tell but you... But nothing. There's only one answer. And hard as it is to take, we've got to swallow it. I'm going to call in the reporters now and tell them. No, no, wait, Inspector. Burton, stand in the... Re- I'm sorry, Inspector, but you've got to listen to me. Well, of all the... What do you mean, shutting off my intercom phone, Kent? I'm terribly sorry, I'll but you... i to throw you in the jug. Turn it on again. If you'll just listen I to won't me. listen. This isn't the first time you've tried to tell me how to run the police department. I'm not trying to... I'm fed up, you hear me? Now, turn on that intercom phone or so help Inspector, me Inspector, please, you want to get the man who's really been robbing these banks, don't you? I intend to get him. Heaven knows I wish it didn't have to be this way, but since it, it is... It isn't. And if you just give me a little time, I'll prove it. You'll prove what? That Superman is not the thief. How are you going to prove it? Well, I've got a plan. But if you let this so-called handwriting evidence get out, my plan will be ruined. What plan? I can't tell you now, but if you'll just trust me, I'll bring you the guilty man. Sorry, Kent. From where I sit, I've got indisputable evidence that Superman is guilty. But I've got to proceed against him. I thought in this country a man was considered innocent until he was judged guilty by a jury of his peers. You seem to be proceeding just the other way. That's what I was going to say. I said that from where I sit, he's guilty, and it's my duty to arrest him. Oh. Then he'll get a fair trial. And how do you expect to arrest him? Yes. Do you know where he is? I'll admit it's going to be a job to find and arrest him, especially if he resists arrest. But I'll do the best I can. Now, if you'll take your hand off the intercom phone, Kent, I'll call in the reporter. Wait, Inspector. Now, wait a minute. I've got a bargain to offer you. I'm not buying any bargains for the last time, I think you'll buy this one. Now, listen. If I don't produce the guilty man in 48 hours... I can't withhold the evidence that long. All right, all right. Make it 24 hours. I'll either bring you the real thief then, or I'll produce Superman. Wait a minute, Kent. Do you know what you're saying? I know, I know. Well, how about it, Inspector? How can you guarantee to produce Superman? I'm quite sure I can. I never let you down on anything I promised before, did I? No, but... Then trust me this one more time. What can you lose? Kent's right, Inspector. It'll take a lot longer than that for you to find Superman. If you find him. Well, I suppose I can wait 24 hours. Now you're talking. Thanks a lot. You won't regret this. I'd better not, Kent, or I'll have your hide. Listen, if I fail, you can have it. And Superman. Come on, Bruce. So long, Inspector. Right, Kent. Be seeing you, Inspector. So long. Now listen, Burton. Tell the reporters I won't have a statement on the evidence I mentioned in 24 hours. Followed by the puzzled Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent hurries from Inspector Henderson's office. How does Kent intend to fulfill his promise to produce the mysterious bank thief within 24 hours? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. 
Hurrying from police headquarters, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, who in reality is the famous Batman, hailed a taxi. Kent gave the driver a street number, then settled back. <sighs> well, that's that. That's what? All you did was stick your neck out, Mr. Kent, promising Henderson to produce a real bank robber within 24 hours or, or else surrender Superman. Y- yourself? I know, I know, but I had to, Bruce. If the papers published the handwriting evidence and the public believed Superman was guilty, my plan would be ruined. What do you mean? Look, I'm convinced those bank robberies are part of a gigantic plot against me. I don't get it. Well, I admit it's a little too vague in my own mind yet to explain, but I think I'm beginning to get the drift of it. And if my plan works, we'll catch our man tonight. Well, tell me how. We're going to set a trap, Bruce, and hope that he walks or flies into it. If he doesn't, well, we're licked. And tomorrow, by this time, I'll be behind bars. And, and Superman's career will be over. Grimly, Clark Kent reminds Bruce Wayne of the bargain he made with Inspector Henderson. Prove that he, Superman, is not guilty of the bank robberies. Or else, surrender himself to the police. Will his desperate last-minute plan succeed? And will it reveal that there is another human being possessed of superhuman powers? There are thrills and a big surprise in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! <laughs>